This is Sam Sports Podcast. It is um, uh, Tuesday, May 3rd, 2016, and uh, I'm coming on the mic today. Uh, I wanted to talk about some NBA playoffs uh, because the NBA playoffs have begun. Um, well, the NBA playoffs are going into the second round now. And uh, the last time I think I did a full-fledged playoff breakdown was uh, before they began. Uh, so I haven't really talked about a lot of the teams now that we've reached the second round. And I wanted to jump into that. But um, something I wanted to mention first, which has really rocked me and I'm, I'm dealing with it right now. And I, I think I wanted to share it a little bit with some of the listeners and the people on the microphone is um, today at work... Uh, I, uh, my wife called me uh, in the middle of work and said, did you see what happened on Facebook? And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I, I, and she, what I discovered is on Facebook that a very good friend of mine, very close friend of mine, his name is Nate Robinson, um, his fiance Julie, uh, passed away. She was uh, 33 years old, and she died yesterday. Um, I'm getting choked up about it just talking about it. Uh, it was very sudden. Uh, it was very tragic. I, I still don't really know what happened. Um, I, uh, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I reached out. To, I, I texted Nate. I'm going to call him. Um, and I also, uh, they started a GoFundMe account to, I think, pay for some funeral costs and medical expenses. Made a donation to that. But this is such a, such a punch to the gut. I mean, I, these... Nate, Nate is one of my best friends, and he and Julie were to be married in five weeks' time. Five weeks from now, they were supposed to be married on Saturday, June 11th, 2016. I mean, I just got their wedding invitation not that long ago. I was texting him about how I booked my plane tickets. I was, you know, talking to—he was just mentioning to me when he was going to have his bachelor party, and I was saying, all right, well, let me see if I can get plane tickets to come back, and— and all of a sudden, on on a Tuesday morning, I'm hearing that his his fiance, who is who was the same age as I am right now, has passed away. I mean, the last thing I thought about Julie was how on Sunday she posted a a Facebook post saying how it was such a beautiful view out of the window of her new apartment, and I gave it a like on Facebook, and and now I'm sitting here talking about how she's gone. And, and how life is so fragile and so short and unpredictable. And, you know, you really need to take advantage of things when they come at you because you never know when they're going to be gone. Uh, so rest in peace, Julie. We love you. We will forever love you. And uh, Nate, you're my boy, man. I love you so goddamn much. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm getting emotional. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to show this emotion on the microphone because I know whether you've been in this, this situation of pain or not, we can all relate to it in our own ways. So thank you for being here with me and listening to this podcast today, as I, uh, as I try to deal with it, uh, <laughs> try to deal with it in my own way. So here on Sam Sports Podcast, we talk sports. We talk the things that celebrate life. Let's celebrate Julie. <clears throat> Let's talk about some sports. So like I said, 
NBA playoffs. The last time I talked about the playoffs, it was before the first round. I gave some predictions, gave some thoughts. We're in the second round now. We can talk about a little bit what has come to fruition. We can talk a little bit more consciously after we know what has happened. So, a lot of my, I'm just going to throw this out there. A lot of my predictions ended up playing out as I thought they would. Uh, I believe that I picked the uh, Cavaliers to beat the Pistons. I was right there. I also picked that this was going to be the year that the Raptors were going to actually get out of the first round and beat the Pacers, and they did. It was pretty darn close, okay? They nearly coughed up that Game 7 in Toronto, but they did come out with the victory, and they did advance. You know, I got a little scared there for the Miami Heat when they went down three games to two against the Charlotte Hornets uh, because I did pick the Heat to win that series, and I think I called it as a seven-game series, and I was right. Miami did prevail. The veterans showed up. They put on a show. They ended up winning. Um, Charlotte, I think, really, really did a heck of a job uh, putting out, um, really giving Miami a run for their money. But in the end, there's a little too much that's going on with Dwayne Wade and and Hassan Whiteside. I mean, they just, uh, game six and seven, they really, really took advantage of the Hornets and uh, and beat them like a drum. So now you're going to see the, uh, the Heat are advancing as well. Called that. And... Boston and Atlanta. I called that as well. I figured that, uh, I thought that was going to go to seven games. Um, it probably would have if Boston didn't have as many injuries as they did. They, Boston really got hit with a lot of injuries as this series progressed. And, um, Atlanta, I thought was the better team and they really ended up, you know, the cream rose to the top with that series. They defeated them. All of the top seeds advanced in the Eastern Conference. So now you're going to be seeing uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers playing the Atlanta Hawks. They had game one last night. Uh, it was a pretty good matchup. I think Atlanta gave Cleveland a run for their money, but in the end, Cleveland did prevail. They did, you know, I mean, just watching it last night, watching LeBron James do what he does, I mean, my goodness, just, I, you know, it's times like these that we take for granted how friggin' good he is and just how completely over the, you know, the stratosphere he is on a degree of playing. I mean, he is so good at what he does. I mean, I sat there and got a chance to just watch him. I mean, there were a few passes where LeBron's passing and his, his court vision is so good. I mean, we just, you know, we get bowled over with Stephen Curry and 73 wins and the Warriors and, you know, LeBron James doesn't have the same affection that uh, we give Stephen Curry. And I think people are really at this point where LeBron James is in the category where you love to hate him. And, you know, you can hate him all you want, but you can't deny the fact that he, I mean, right now I'm going to say it, he's still the best basketball player in the world on the planet and in the NBA. And he shows it every day when he's on the court. Um, so the Hawks gave them a good run for their money, but Cleveland did pull out game one. Uh, my prediction, I definitely think the Cavaliers are going to prevail. Uh, this is a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals where you saw the Cavaliers sweep the Hawks in four games. I do not think it will be a sweep. Um, uh, even though the uh, Cavaliers have Kevin Love to play the Hawks this time around, I think, I think you're going to go to six games. I think I can see the Hawks pulling out a couple of victories, especially when they go back to Atlanta. I definitely think you're going to see the Cavaliers uh, winning this series in probably six games. Now, the other playoff series that we have in the Eastern Conference is uh, the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. Now, that's going to be an interesting one um, because, you know, I feel like those two teams are probably the only teams that are not 
supreme powerhouses that are, you know, clashing in the the second round of the playoffs. When we go to the Western Conference, you'll see what I'm talking about as well. Um, uh, Miami and uh, Toronto. Um, this is it's going to be good. I think Toronto has all of the things going for them, but I still got to put my money on the Miami Heat. I think Miami's going to come out of this series. I think they'll beat Toronto in seven, maybe six games. They might actually get away with it in six games, but I could see, I could see Toronto pushing them to seven games. But I still, even though Toronto has home court advantage, I still don't see them overcoming the mountain of Dwayne Wade, Hassan Whiteside, Luol Deng, Goran Dragic. I mean. Even with Chris Bosh on the bench, you know, I still think this Miami team is going to be a little bit too much for Toronto because beyond DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry and Jonas Valachunas, you know, you got Damari Carroll, you got Corey Joseph, but you really start to, I mean, there's just, there's not big play, big shot guys in Toronto who were there ready to just shoot from the, from the hip. Okay. They just, they don't have it. And this is the first year where I think they've proved some of it. And, I mean, that Game 7 in Toronto, even Kyle Lowry disappeared. I mean, DeMar DeRozan showed up. DeMar DeRozan showed up, scored 30 points. He, he put the team on his back. I mean, that's what a superstar is expected to do. That's what you saw Paul George doing against the Raptors for the Pacers. I mean, when you've got teams like that, you've got to heavily rely on a superstar, a guy who can really put the whole team on his back and carry them to victory for one of two of those games in a seven-game series because, I mean, that's how you get through some of these rounds of playoffs. I, I mean, I think here, I sit here and I think about the fact that if you're a lower-seeded team and you don't have home court advantage, they talk about how you've got to steal home court. You've got to go and you've got to win at least one in the other person's arena. And, you know, I don't know if Toronto has anyone on that roster yet or that if Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan have proven to me yet that they have that sort of moxie to go in there and and know that they can steal a game from the Miami Heat in Miami. Whereas I know without even, you know, thinking about it that Dwayne Wade knows what it means to go into Toronto and steal a game. I mean, they did that in the first series with Charlotte. They went into Charlotte down three games to two in Charlotte for game six. Charlotte had a chance to close them out, and they couldn't do it, okay? And that's Miami's experience. That's veteran leadership. They're going in there, and they're saying, "Uh uh-uh, we are not going to let you take this from us. You have got to rip it from my cold, dead hands, as as Charlton Heston used to say. Uh, So I think the Miami Heat are going to come out of this series. I'm, I'm picking seven games, which means, again, you're going to have Eastern Conference Finals being, this is my initial prediction, Miami Heat, Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Clash of the Titans. Okay, I think that's going to make for great TV. It's going to make for great basketball. Um, I still think Cleveland is going to dominate in that series. It'll be a much closer series um, than Cleveland and Atlanta. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how things work out sometimes, you know, Miami is right back in the mix after losing LeBron just two seasons ago. Uh, and I think that's going to be a hell of a series at my prediction, Miami, Cleveland, I think Cleveland will come out on top. Now let's shift gears. Let's move over to the Western conference. So some of my predictions for the Western conference have worked out. Some of them have not. So the update is Golden State and Houston. Um, Golden State ended up beating Houston in five games, not four. Uh, the bigger drama there is Steph Curry. You know, So after he tweaked his ankle in game one, he came back for ha- uh, the first half in game four 
only to then get a grade one MCL sprain in his right knee after he slipped on the court and, and like fell down awkwardly. It was one of the most awkward moments ever. It was a meaningless play. The, the time was ticking out in halftime and he slips on a wet spot. I mean, it's about as freak as you can think of. Uh, and he, he limps off the court. You know, thankfully, he didn't tear anything. He did nothing pop. There's no permanent damage. He just needs to rehab again. So he's got to sit out more games. It's It stinks. Um, but if anything, it's showing the entire league and all the fan base that, you know, the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry are, are still a hell of a team because they went and they finished off Houston without him, which isn't saying much. Houston was a joke this year. Um, however, now they go into the second round where they're playing the Portland Trailblazers, and in Game 1 without Steph Curry, they handled the Portland Trailblazers pretty convincingly. Um, and now it's really starting to make me think that Portland, you know, how much of a chance do they even have, even with Steph Curry not on the court? Now, that comes to another playoff series. This is probably, I think, the only playoff series I picked wrong, which was the Clippers and the Blazers. So the Blazers ended up winning in six games. However, the dynamic of this series changed drastically over the course of the series because in game one you had the Clippers dominating game two you had the Clippers dominating they picked up both games at home game three you come into a situation in Portland where the Trailblazers steal a game and then game four in Portland Chris Paul breaks his hand Blake Griffin re-aggravates his quad injury all of a sudden Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are done for the rest of the playoffs Guess what happened in game five and six? The Trailblazers beat the Clippers convincingly and eliminated from the playoffs in six quick games. So just like that, Clippers are gone. I mean, injuries, 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 injuries. We're talking about a Steph Curry injury. We can talk about injuries all you want, man. It's the NBA playoffs and the NBA in general and sports in general. None of these stories can be told without injuries, okay? Everything is dependent upon talent, skill, practice, training, but when it comes right down to it, the the bottom line, the last piece is your instrument itself, your body, the ability for your body to actually do those things. And if you've got a torn ligament, if you've got a, you know, a rotator cuff tear, if if you've got any of these problems, you can't get out on the floor and do it. Just ask Chris Bosh. You think Chris Bosh wants to be on the floor right now? Of course he does. He would probably go and and, 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 you know, beat up on a Nerf football for three hours if it would mean he could just get on the floor for this second-round series, but he can't because of a blood clot issue because there's too much of a fear that there might be complications and that he might not be able – he might not survive, all right? And that's a very, very legitimate thing to talk about, and you have to take that into consideration when you're considering any of these players and any of these things because now you look at the Clippers and injuries – you know, with with a couple of quick injuries, two of your superstars are gone and you're out of the playoffs. I mean, hell, I've listened to Tom Thibodeau come on multiple podcasts talking about how in 2009, the Boston Celtics were a better team than they were in 2008 when they won the championship. But if it wasn't for Kevin Garnett getting injured in February and missing the entire playoff run, you know, maybe they won. They would have won the championship. But instead, they lose Kevin Garnett. They go into that playoff run trying to defend their championship with just Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, and they get bumped in the Eastern Conference Finals by the Orlando Magic. And all of a sudden, Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic go to the finals and lose to Kobe. You know, and then you had the Boston Celtics go right back to the finals the next year. We could have had three straight years of 
Celtics-Lakers in the finals, okay? But instead, one little injury changes the entire dynamic, okay? Kevin Love misses all of last, you know, gets injured in the first round, misses all the playoffs. Kyrie Irving, all of these things could have been different if it wasn't for injuries. So the Clippers get hit by the injury bug, and just like that, they're out of the playoffs. And so you have the number five seed Portland Trailblazers going into a series with the Warriors. So instead of having this, like, revenge matchup between the Warriors and the Clippers, you, now you got the Trailblazers, who are this kind of, who are totally totally playing on house money. They are completely playing on house money. They've got nothing to lose. Nobody thought they'd make the playoffs, let alone get past the first round. So everything they win from here on out is like, you know, icing on the cake. No one's going to be upset with their season like people are upset with the Clippers right now, you know, if the Blazers lose to the the Warriors in this second round series. An interesting little uh, uh, tidbit. This is the first time the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers have ever met in the playoffs. A little fascinating tidbit. Think about that. Okay, shifting gears to the other half of the Western Conference playoffs right now, you've got the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So Spurs sweep the Grizzlies in four games. I was right about that. I don't think, I don't think anybody got that wrong. And then you had the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Dallas Mavericks in five games. I thought the Mavericks might push them a little bit further. However... Now you've got, um, oh yeah, and by the way, I think the Warriors are still going to beat the Blazers. My predictions is the Warriors are going to eliminate them in six games. Uh, I'll give the, you know, I'll give the Blazers a little bit of a shot from home, but I'm saying Warriors in six. The Spurs and the Thunder, they've already played two games. Now the first game, San Antonio Spurs blew out the Thunder convincingly by 30 points. Wham, bam, thank you, man. Now the second game was last night. Westbrook and Durant did a bit of a show. There was some clashing on this on the bench. There was a little bit of hub as to what was going on, but inevitably the game was close, but in the fourth quarter, the Thunder pulled ahead and were up by nine points in the fourth quarter until the Spurs nearly came all the way back. It was pretty, pretty, it was pretty exciting at the end of the game, but the Thunder pulled out a one-point victory, and now the series is tied 1-1. And by the way, game two, LaMarcus Aldridge scored 41 points. That's some monster scoring by LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm starting to suspect that this series is going to be a grudge match, okay? And you're going to see some interesting tweaks of the rotation by Billy Donovan, okay? I saw some different players come into the game yesterday. You saw some Cameron Payne. You saw some Anthony Morrow. You didn't see any Kyle Singler. You didn't see any Randy Foy. Um, you know, kudos to Billy Donovan trying to figure out some type of a solution to sort of get underneath the skin of the Spurs. And... They stole home court advantage because now they're going back to Oklahoma City for games three and four. Um, this is going to be a fascinating matchup, especially as you see the deterioration of the Spurs. I'm not saying that Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Ginobili are over the hill, but Ginobili, Duncan, they're both showing some wear and tear. Parker's still got it, man. He's still got some there, but it's true now that the bulk of their team is really resting on the shoulders of LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. And those guys are animals. And they're, they're a big reason why the Spurs are, are certainly going to uh, be a competitor deep into these playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be very, very fascinating to see how this all shakes out. Um, I, and I, I'm thinking now you could see six or seven games I still want to pick the Spurs. I still want to put my money on the Spurs. I think the Spurs are a, a good bet. Um, it's they're, If they're going to go out, it's going to be a hard out. Um, but it was very encouraging to see the, the Oklahoma City Thunder respond in Game 2. 
uh, be competitive, and really start the start to play the Spurs a little bit at their own game. Uh, so I'm going to say the Spurs in seven. I think this is going to be a knockdown, dragout, grudge match fight all the way to the very end, and I think Westbrook and Durant are not going to go down without a fight. Um, but I'm seeing the Spurs coming out on top in seven games. Uh, which then essentially creates an Eastern Con- or a Western Conference Finals of the Warriors and the Spurs, which is kind of what I thought was going to shake out. Um, I hope, like I said, I hope it would shake out that way. It's definitely looking it will shake out that way. Um, I'm I'm going to revisit that when when it actually happens or if it actually happens. I don't want to do any predictions regarding. I mean, listen, I still think the Warriors could probably pull that out, but if Steph Curry's not playing, this is a completely different discussion. Um, so yeah, those those are my current predictions with the NBA playoffs. Um, I still think that the course will, we're going to stay the course. I'm predicting the Cavs and the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm predicting the Spurs and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, right now I'm still unclear if there's going to be any, um, if there's going to be any type of difference, uh, between last year's finals and this year's finals, at least when it comes to the competitors. I, I, you know, I certainly still think we're going to have the Warriors and the Cavaliers in the finals all over again. Um, but let's, let's, let's leave it, let's leave it be for now. We'll come back a little bit later. We'll come back a few more days, see exactly what the playoffs have shown us. And, um, and we'll revisit and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I'm still predicting the Cavaliers and the Warriors in the finals. Um, yeah, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. As always, email me questions at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. It's real easy. Uh, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Also, check out my radio show, Sam Sports Show, on 610 AM ESPN Radio in the local Philadelphia area, or you can go online and listen to it at 610amsports.com. It's every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. You guys should tune in and check it out. And uh, lastly, I'll end on um, remembering Julie. Uh, Just such a tragic, tragic loss. A beautiful, beautiful person. Lovely, sweet, kind, caring person who really um, just just wanted to, you know, go out there and and make the world a better place by... uh, and by by having her on this planet and it's just such a sad sad loss that she's gone she will be dearly dearly missed and um for everyone out there you know please send your thoughts and prayers to her family and to uh to Nate Robinson Nate dog dude you're you're the best you're such the best man I, you're my best friend I, I care about you so much I love you deeply and I, I can only imagine what you're going through right now so Please know we're here for you, we care about you, and um, we will get through this too. So everyone, thanks for listening today. Take it easy, we'll talk soon, and uh, bye-bye.